How many people had a good Christmas? Oh, fantastic. Hey, we're going to have a fantastic year this year, amen? We're going to have a fantastic year this year, amen? Oh, I tell you, man, I, just in preparing for today, I just felt God speak, and, and uh, obviously I need him to speak to have something to say, otherwise it's not very good. But, uh, but I believe that, man, God is going to do something powerful in our lives this year, amen? God wants to do something powerful in your life, in this church, in our community, amen? It's going to be absolutely fantastic, and, uh, and Pastor Mike has been sharing just a fantastic series on, on, on the words that we speak, and I encourage you, if you have not got, if, you have, if you've missed anything out, get on the website at uh, basecity.org.nz and uh, download the message, or you can get it from the CD library. It's not a tape library anymore, we don't have tapes, <laughs> but absolutely fantastic, and um, uh, d- just on that line, uh, Dad's brother's been here, and uh, and uh, he's an executive coach, and so he goes around and helps businesses. And uh, funny enough, he's been working on the same thing as well. Uh, he, went to, he said he went to one business, and, uh, and, and the boss, the negativity that came out of the boss's mouth, and, uh, and they employed him to come in and, and, and help with the company. And, uh, you know, one of his, his first instruction was this. All you've got to do is to start appreciating your staff. <laughs> All you've got to do is just start telling them what a great job they're doing. And uh, it's simply just out of that, I mean, it probably cost the guy, uh, you know, 10, 15 grand to hear those words, but I tell you what, just, just appreciating the staff, just appreciating the words that he, the, the boss then started to speak out of the mouth would lift production, uh, I don't know how many percent. So the words that we speak are vital, they're absolutely, they do incredibly shape the world around us. And, uh, and, and I know for me personally, uh, what Steve was talking about before, the words that we speak into ourselves as well, those little words that we mutter underneath our breath. And, um, you know, when you do something wrong or when you make a mistake, those words are incredibly powerful as well. Don't, those words carry that, that, that same spirit. And uh, so uh, I encourage you, to, whether you like looking in the mirror or not, <laughs> but just uh, speak, over the, speak the word of God over your life. Speak it over your business. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you are a man of God. You do have a hope. You do have a purpose. You do have something. God has put something inside of your life uh, for you to be here. And, uh, and it's just fantastic, man. But hey, um, have you got your Bibles here with you this morning? Good stuff. How are we going to get into the Word of God? Why don't we just quickly pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for your Word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to live. Father, today, we thank you for this opportunity, Father, to be able to hear your Word. Father, this morning, we pray that your Word would come into our lives. Father, it would take root inside of our lives. And Father, we would, uh, our, our lives would continue to be molded and shaped into your plans and your purposes in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Fantastic. Uh, Pastor Mike, Dad, well, I'm talking about Dad today. <laughs> Dad, Dad mentioned a scripture earlier on in the year, and it was in Joshua 3, verse 5. And this is when the, the Israelites were about to cross over the Jordan into the Promised Land. And, uh, and I can sense that, uh, and, and I know in my heart that many people here today, uh, both as individuals, God has wanted to do a, uh, there's, there's about to be a crossing over. You, you've come through a point, place of drought, you've come through a place of, of, um, uh, of slavery, you've, uh, but there's a time to cross over. And just before they crossed over the Jordan River, uh, the Lord said to, said, to, um, said to Joshua, he said, sanctify yourself, sanctify yourself for tomorrow, I'm going to do wonders amongst you. 
Sanctify yourselves. Before you uh, go into this place, you need to sanctify yourself. So Joshua went in turn, went and told the people, sanctify yourselves today because tomorrow God is going to do wonders among you. And you know, I've just had that scripture just burning in my heart. Sanctify yourself. The word sanctify means to set apart. It also means to dedicate or to purify. It also means to prepare. Prepare yourself because tomorrow God's going to do wonders among you, among you here today in Bay City. And I can sense here, just as I was praying, uh, I just felt the Spirit start to say, man, uh, these are, uh, don't take this lightly because he is going to start to do wonders. For some of you today where there's been, um, uh, where there's been a history of poverty in, the, in your family line, God's saying today he's going to start to break that poverty off your life. His, that one of the wonders that he wants to do in your life is to break that poverty line off you and start to, start to release finance into your life. Some of you are going to start to release, uh, uh, start to, um, have been chasing after physical miracles. Some people today are going to, going to start to, they're going to start to lay a hold of their miracles. For some of you, you're going to start to walk in, in the things of God that you only even dreamt about. So the Israelites, when they, when they came to the Jordan, they'd never seen the, the promised land. They'd heard about the promised land, but they never actually experienced it. For some of you in this coming year, you're about to experience uh, the, the starting of your promised land, whether it be in your business life and in your, in your personal life. For some of you, I know today you've been reaching out to your families, and God is going to start to, uh, uh, one of the wonders he wants to, for some of you, you've had these words in your heart, I mean, I don't know if God could break through and save this person. For some of you, there's been doubt in your heart whether God could actually reach through. Man, this person, man, God, you don't know this person, man. They are tough as nails. I tell you, man, God is going to break through. God will break through. But the Bible says, sanctify yourself today. Part of the keys is seeing the, the breakthrough tomorrow, sanctifying and preparing yourself right now for those wonders that are about to take place tomorrow. And that tomorrow, friends, I don't believe is 10 years away. I believe that tomorrow was in that six months away. <laughs> for, for some, you know, for, right now in the church, we're about to go into a prayer, uh, a season of prayer and fasting. And I believe, man, you, in that time of prayer and fasting, you need to lay a hold of God, prepare your heart, set yourself aside and start to seek him. Because I'm, not, and start to, I'm going to see wonders in my life, man. I'm going to see wonders in my family. I'm going to see wonders in my business. We're going to see wonders in this community. Amen? Amen. Come on, this is exciting stuff. Sanctify yourself. One of the things about sanctification is when you have to consecrate yourself to God. You have to, it, 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 to see these wonders, to see these things manifest in your life, you're going to need to start to make some decisions in your lifestyle. You're going to need to start to make some decisions in the way we live. And for many of us, I believe that God is, that the hand of God is going to start to come upon us and start to shape our lives. Uh, and this is all part of the sanctification process. And, uh, and there's, uh, there's the Old Testament sanctification, but now there's the new sanctification. It's when Jesus Christ hung on the cross and he became sin for us, that he took on our, our sins on his, on, his, on his shoulders and he became the, the sacrifice for our sins. But friends, it doesn't stop there. When it says to sanctify yourself, New Testament style, it means, friends, every part of our life, man, we have to bring it to the cross of Jesus Christ. Those things in your life, man, that are still that are still dirty. Those areas of sin that are still uh, holding on. That still got those claws in your life. It's those little bad boys there, man, that we have to get off our lives. And friend, that can only come by coming to the cross. And friends, today this is exactly what I want to talk about: is the cross of Jesus Christ, because it's it is one of these messages that friend it is vital to the church. It is vital. It, it, it is the core of how we're called to live. But 
uh, and as you see, man, uh, it's very not often preached in many Western world churches. So sanctify yourselves today, for tomorrow God wants to do wonders amongst you. Why don't you turn your Bibles to Jude chapter, there's only one chapter in Jude, so Jude 1. <laughs> I'm going to do wonders among you. Oh, some are going to get married this year. I don't know who. Some are going to have babies. <laughs> hey, Steve. Jude chapter 1, Jude, Jude 1. And it says, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Firstly, let me just quickly just go and talk through um, this passage of Jude. You gotta understand when he says Jude, the bond servant of James, uh, Jesus, and the in the brother of and the brother of James. Friend, there's a whole message in that alone. But you gotta understand that Jesus wasn't the only one born of Mary. <laughs> Jesus was not the only one born of Mary. He was the only one that was who was uh, uh, who had the seed of the Holy Spirit. But eventually they got married and they had other kids. So Jesus actually had brothers. And here we have it now that, um, that, that Jude, was, Jude was one of Jesus' brothers, Jude, uh, and so also with James. But you can see how Jude identifies himself with, uh, with Jesus as a bondservant and not my brother. You've got to understand, friends, the, what it took for that young man, for, for Jude to actually come to this place. We want to get the context of, of, of this piece of Scripture because once you, once you get the reality of it, you can, it it's, quite a, it's, it's a very, very powerful thing. So here we have Jesus as the son of, Jesus was born of the, of, of the Virgin Mary, and, um, and so they started, to have other, they started to have other kids. So, uh, and here we have Jude as one of them. Friends, if you read back earlier on, um, uh, when, uh, when, when Jesus had just started his ministry. Can you imagine having Jesus as your older brother? How many people got an older brother here this morning? Or an older sister? It was customary for the older brother, uh, not only was he, was he was the firstborn, obviously, but it was also customary for him to run the family business after dad, be involved in the family business. Uh, man, uh, th- this sort of thing boggles me. That I can imagine Jesus starting to be, maybe he's around 14, 15 years old, and he's, he's working. He's not only studying the Word of God, but he's also uh, working in the family business. And, and he's starting to get older, a little bit older. And then his, uh, then his, uh, his other family started to arise on the, on, on the scene as well. James started to appear, and then Jude started to appear. I wonder at what point did Jesus tell them, guys, I know you're, I'm your older brother. I'm your boss, but I've got one other thing to tell you, man. I'm God. I tell you, man, if I tell, man, if I told my brother that, Pete, I'm your older brother. Hello. <laughs> I tell you, man, it wouldn't have gone down well. And as you can understand, later on, as the um, uh, as as Jesus starts to grow up and sees his ministry, the Bible says that that Jesus' brothers and sisters were out there, and they just really didn't want other, uh, anything to do with him. I mean, they grew up thinking he was a bit of a nutter. And it's like, uh, but at the end of the day, Jude comes to this point now where he's gone to a point where uh, uh, maybe he's not just my older brother. Maybe he's just not uh, my boss. Maybe he is the son of God. So he, come, he came from a point of doubting right through to the point where, man, I am no longer your brother, but friend, I am your bond servant. Man, I am connected. I am joined to you for life. 
as he watched the progression of his brother Jesus' life. Because, friends, there wasn't just a, a spiritual connection there. There was a natural connection there as well. So he was one of the privileged ones that were, managed to watch Jesus grow up and grow up and grow up and, 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 and eventually die on the cross, but eventually rise again. So he, and then he was also one that also saw the, the ascension, but he also started to experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. As Acts 2 started to, and he started to experience, he was one of those ones that managed to have a view of the, of the bigger picture of, of, of Jesus' life growing up, his ministry, his death on the cross, but also the promises that he made becoming to fulfillment. That, that was, I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh. So he would have been there in the vicinity when the Holy Spirit came upon. He would have been in the vicinity when the church as we know it today was, was formed on this earth. And so out of that position, out of that position in life, he was writing to us today. It's quite a powerful thing, isn't it? Jude, the bondservant of Jesus Christ uh, and a brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in in Jesus Christ, uh, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. In other words, he's writing to you and I today. He's thinking, what can I write to these people at Bay City Outreach Center? There's going to be uh, um, generations and generations and generations of people that are going to follow me, that are going to, uh, they want to follow Jesus. What should I tell them? I've got maybe one more chance to, to say something about my brother Jesus. What shall I write to them? And it starts to say here, beloved while I was very, very diligent in writing to you concerning our common salvation. Friends, what it was talking about, common salvation, is, the, is uh, um, you know, salvation is a process. When you come up and you open your heart to Jesus Christ, uh, the Bible, there was a, you are saved. But then there was also the process of working out your salvation where, where the dealings of God get inside of your soul and start to work and start to shape your life so the parts of your soul are being saved. And then, friends, when Jesus Christ comes again, you will be saved. So salvation is, a, is a, there is a day of salvation, but there's also a process of salvation. And what he's talking about here is the process of salvation. In other words, to put it straight out real quickly, for example, what Pastor Mike, what Dad's been preaching over the last few weeks about the words that are coming out of our mouths. What he's talking about is common salvation, working out your, your purpose in life, working out your, your, um, the, the words that you speak, starting to deal with the things inside of your life. All that sort of stuff is common salvation. But it comes to a point, while I found it necessary to, uh, I was very, very diligent in writing to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you, exhorting you, challenging you, lifting you up, because I've seen something that, that just needs to take place here. Uh, exhorting you to contend earnestly, to contend for it. In other words, to stand up and start to lay a hold of it again. Not just a, a little meek lay a hand. hand. You've got to start to lay a hold of something. There's something that is just missing. Something that over the course of time, something over the course of uh, a, a, a piece of time, something just sort of slipped. He says, I challenge you. I come to you today, and if he was here today, I can tell you what, he'll be saying the exact same things. I encourage you, I challenge you. You need to start to contend for the faith the Bible says that once was delivered for all. What is this faith that was once delivered? The Bible says, I believe that the faith that was once delivered was the life of Jesus Christ. The life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And because what happens is it says here that for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out and, and have turned the grace of God into something else. 
So one of the things in our, our Western world society today is, um, man, we offer these fantastic philosophies that start coming through. Uh, you see them advertised on TV, buy these CDs, and, and your life, man, will be turned around, and you can have a body like this, and a, you can have money like this, and you can have this, and you can have that, and, and you can have this, and, and you can do all this. And there's a, uh, there's a self, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a spirit that comes around that uh, basically if you look in society today, it, it, we live in a self-consumed society. And what happens, it's like this, the spirit, the spirit of the world, it's like a rust. You don't, you don't smell rust. You don't often smell corrosion. You don't often see corrosion. Corrosion is something that is slow. It just sort of takes a hold somewhere and then just starts to slowly, slowly chill away. Slowly chill away. What was once a nice trailer is now just a rust bucket. Why? Because something slowly worked its way in. That was a nice trailer, man. That was a nice car. But something worked its way in. And we live in a society today where uh, people are so self-consumed that you can see it on the TV, you see it everywhere, you see it in the... Everywhere you look, you will find something. You need to have this or you need to have that. People everywhere are self-consumed. And what happens is, it, what happens is it, it's come, in many cases, I believe, into the church and, and Christianity. Just a very, very slow thing. You don't often see it until all of a sudden you put your life in front of the Word of God and say, hey, where's the mirror? We think we're doing Okay. But there's a self, um, there's a spirit of this age that has crept into the church. And what they've done, the Bible here it talks about ever since the church of Christ, ever since the church as we know it today uh, started back in Acts 2, ever since then, people have turned the grace of God into a, uh, into a cheap grace, as a, as a license to sin, as, a, as, a, as something, that's, um, something that's all about them. It's all about me. And everywhere you go, there's philosophies that sneak its way into the church, sneak its way in through different doctrines. Before you know it, I, me, I. And Jude, back then, as his brother, he starts to see the church, how it was how it originally set up by the Holy Ghost. He, he looked at his brother Jesus, and he, he remembers his life, and he remembers the different people that he touched, and he remembers the time when he hung on the cross. He was there. He watched him bleeding. And then now he watches the, the, the church uh, a, few, you know, a little while down the track and thinking, that's really not what it was all about. He sees his disciples and he sees what's happening in their lives and he sees the miracles done through, done through them, but he's, there's, a, there's a whole group of people. There's something that started to sneak its way into the church. That's, that's not what my brother Jesus died for. Yes, he died for the, the salvation, but not for this other stuff. They sneaked its way in. Friends, I believe that we're in a time right now where there's so many different great philosophies, man. Beautiful stuff, man. Uh, you know, presented by well slicked up people and with bodies like Terry, and <laughs> then they've got flesh stuff and all those things. And man, uh, 
I mean, you need to have, you need to be saved, man. You, then your life will prosper. And then, yes, you know, God starts start to prosper. But when things go wrong, that what happens is there's a misunderstanding because I thought when I got saved that everything was supposed to be rosies. That my bank account would go up. That my body would slim down. That'd be smiley, good old Christian. And it's great that the blessing of God is upon your life. It's fantastic, man. You're living in peace. Great. But what happens is when we live in that place for too long, there's a rust. Starts to sneak in. And sadly, in so many parts of the Western world church, man, that rust has started to sneak in. Let's quickly turn over in our Bibles um, until Luke chapter 9. See, Judy remembers what Jesus said. He remembers what, if you wanted to be like Jesus, remember what he challenged his disciples. And it says, just after, Je- just after Peter had this massive revelation of who Jesus Christ was, man, the revelation came. Just afterwards, he says this in, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said, he said to them all, Jesus said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, I tell you what, man, at this point, man, Jesus is working miracles. Man, he's got these disciples coming around. It's a man, I want to I be a, a miracle worker like that, man. I want to have the power. I want to have the power like you, Jesus. I want these wonders to follow you. I want these wonders that are following your life to follow my life. Sanctify yourself today for tomorrow out there will do wonders amongst you. I want these wonders not only to be happening in that life, but my life too. So all these people started following Jesus. And Jesus sees them. He sees inside of their heart. And he knows their, their desire to, to do things great for God, to do things great for God. And he says, if anyone desires to come after me, or if anyone wants to follow me. See, most of the time as Christians, man, we look at this. Yeah, I want to see, I want to see the miracles, man. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see the leprosy God. I want to see the demons cast out. But it's just one part. But you can't have one part without the other part. See, we often just want this part. But you can't unless you have that part as well. There's a song that says, I can show you a place. I can take you to a place. Kate, I, I can't remember the where I heard it from. But there's a word, I can show you a place. I can show you a place of wonder. But you've got to go through this track to get there. And he says here in, in, in Luke chapter 9, he says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross daily. <laughs> let, him take him, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever desires to, whoever loses his life for my sake, Shall follow, shall, shall save it. If anyone desires to follow me, if you want your life to have an impact, if you want your life to have all this, friends, we are lucky today, man. We don't have crosses in New Zealand. <laughs> lucky we don't have to. Man, the Human Rights Commission wouldn't have a bar of it. But now Jesus Christ, the Bible says that Jesus Christ 
became the sacrifice for our sins. We don't have to get up on the cross literally daily, but we do, and our hearts have to stay on the cross and come to the cross daily if we want to continue and live that life that Jesus has called you and I to live. And that is the tough part. Because most of the time we want the glory and the power or the wisdom. But we don't really want to go to the cross. Paul says, he says, you know, to the Jews they want signs and wonders and miracles. The Gentiles, they want wisdom, man. He said, but I preach the cross, Jesus Christ crucified. And it messes them both up. <laughs> but friends, you can have both. When you, have, uh, when, the, when, when you allow your life to come onto the cross, when you take up your cross daily, friends, you can have both. And we'll look at that in a sec. And it says, uh, to follow Christ, was it meant to follow Christ? For most people here today, uh, man, I, man, I have full assurance in my heart that you want to please God, man, that, that, that you want to follow him, that you want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. But here is there's a, there's a path to do that. And for many of us today, um, somewhere in the course of life, haven't determined to do something great for God. Man, uh, man, there's times in my life where, man, I want to do something great for you, God. Man, I haven't determined in our hearts to do something great for God. You can be rest assured that you will be dealt with with the dealings of God by God himself. There will become a time. And you see, God hears that prayer. Yeah. I see you want to see your school safe. I see you want to have a great church. I see, yeah, you want the, I, I, want, I know you want the miracles, man. But you've got to deny yourself. You've got to walk the same path that I did. So somewhere we will be broken and shaped by the dealings of God. You know, as a, as a blacksmith, when they, when they shape a sword, when they shape something, it's like, man, they, they heat the baby up and they put it on the, on the, um, on the, on the anvil there, and they start to beat it under the heat. Then they cool it down again, and they put it under heat and beat it and shape it into place. And friends, that is exactly what Christ wants to do in our lives. That's what it means to come to the cross. It means to stay on the anvil. It's like when God is dealing with stuff in your life, it's not because he hates you. It's never because he hates you. He wants to get the sin out of your life so he can work wonders through your life. See, the problem is, man, we just don't want to get on that anvil. Or we don't want to get on that cross. If we get on that cross, man, we don't want to stay on there. But the Bible says, friends, you've got to take up your cross daily. That means every day getting on the anvil, allowing him to speak and to shape your life. Allowing the heat. And friends, i tell you how that heat comes. It can come by anything. See, every person's cross will be different. God will use different dealings for different people. But the, but the thing is, we've got to have the strength. Man, we've got to have the, uh, what it takes to stay on that cross or to, to allow, the, the, the dealings of, allow God to deal with the areas in our life. And it says um, in, Galatians, uh, in Galatians 5 verse 16, um, it talks about there's a, uh, there is a, uh, there's a constant struggle of our flesh against our spirit. See, friends, what happens is our spirit wants to do these great and mighty things, but our flesh wants to stay in bed and sleep. Our flesh just wants that body. Our flesh just wants that car. Our flesh just wants the things of the earth. And I say in, 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 in Ephesians, Galatians 5, it says, I say then walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these things are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So there is a, there is a, 
There's a constant battle, and that is the part that we're going to bring the cross of Jesus Christ into. It's not because God doesn't want you to have all these things, but when you tie yourself up on them, that's when it gets messy. See, the cross not only deals with our sin. The cross not only deals with your past. The cross not only, uh, when, when you come to Jesus and you ask him for forgiveness and you ask him into your life, he just does that. He forgives you of your sin. He forgives you of the sin that was in the past. He's, he forgives you of the, the stuff that's in your life right now. The things of tomorrow, the things of yesterday, he remembers no more. So for some of you today, you've got to come to that place where the things of, tomorrow, of yesterday, he actually remembers no more. Friend, that is the most freeing thing that you could ever, ever hear in your life. Because friend, he is the only one that can set you free from the burden of sin. He is the only one that can cleanse you. The problem is we, man, we just pick up that backpack of sin again and start carrying off. Jesus comes and takes it off. We go and put it back on again. Jesus takes it off, leave it off. You don't have to carry it anymore. Whatever you've done in your past, whatever's been done to you, Jesus Christ died on the cross for that. It doesn't matter how dirty you feel. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. Jesus Christ remembers it no more. The cross not only deals with that past, it also deals with now. It also deals with us. It also delivers us from ourselves. Delivers us from a heart that craves the world. Because, man, like I said, man, we live in a world right now which is so self-consumed. It is so, uh, there are so many good things that our money could buy. <laughs> you could buy yourself a good body. You could buy yourself a good car. You could buy yourself that. You could buy yourself this. You could look good. You could feel great. You could shine and glow like the moon. Makeups and stuff. You can have all that sort of stuff. Hey, Rod. Ever. But friends, God wants to deal with the part of our heart that lasts after that. Not just the sin nature that is crucified, but it's the I. I want. Friend, in a nutshell, this is what it's all about. This is what it comes down to. Let's quickly turn in our Bibles to, um, to, to Galatians. Galatians 4, Galatians, Ephesians. Paul, one of the greatest men, of, you know, aside from Jesus Christ, one of the men that shaped history as we know it today in the Christian world was the Apostle Paul. Man, he would turn cities upside down. He would see people saved. He could, incredible man of God. But he says these words, incredibly powerful words. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I, everybody say I. I, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with, I have been crucified with Christ. But he wasn't dead yet, but he did say, I have been crucified with Christ. I believe the statement that he was making was the, 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 the me, the inside part, the part of me that just wants to do my own thing. And see, friends, the, one of the major problems we all face in satiety today is the eye problem. Not just the eye problem, but the... It's all about me. The biggest question we've got to face, I believe, is why do we do what we do? What motivates us to do what we do? 
What is the driving thing inside of our life? Is it one of laying our lives down for Christ? Or is it all about me? It doesn't matter whether you're a ministry. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. What is the motivation behind what you do? And so often in the Western world, it's all about me. We think it's just the, the people out there. It's all about me. It's the I factor, man. Cross not only deals with our sin, it deals with the me. And that is where the struggle comes. What is it that motivates you to live the life that you do? What is it that motivates you? What is it that drives you? One of the mottos that we have, in, the motto that we have in youth this year, ask the same question. Why is it that we do what we do? So we can look good. So we can stand in front of the community and say, look what we did. How good are we? So you can have a badge on your door saying minister, prophet, whatever. Make yourself look real good. Because you've got the power. Why is it that you do what you do? One of our mottos is this, or our motto is this, so that others may live. Why is it that we do what we do? So others, people, may live. Why is it that Jesus Christ came into this earth? Why, why was it so that you would live? The Christ, the life that Christ has first and foremost called us to live. If you want to follow me, if you want to follow, then you've got to live the life. What is it that's motivating you? Why is it that you get up in the morning so early and pray? Why is it that you allow God to deal with these things inside of your life? Why is it that you do what you do? Why do you get down? Why are we here today? Why are you here today, right now? Why am I? I mean, today is a, a great day for fishing. Why do you do what you do? What motivates you? Why are you not out fishing? Why do you run a cell group? Why do you, do, why do you run these events? Why do you practice that? Why, why? So other people may live. It's the very, very same reason. I mean, it's not profound revelation, but it's, it's the bottom line, man. <laughs> why is it that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you, a person, today would live. That you would truly live. That you wouldn't just live with the flesh stuff, but you would live inside. Man, you can have all the flesh stuff in the world, but inside, man, you could be dead. Why do we do what we do? So that others may find a life of meaning, a life of purpose. That is why we get up and pray for our community. That is why we lead service. That is why we do what we do. That is why, man, there's, uh, I mean, when Jesus went, did Jesus want to go to the cross? No way. When he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he cried out to God. He was sweating blood. And he's, God, if there is another way around this, but tell me now, because I don't want to go to the cross. I really don't. Jesus really didn't want to go to the cross. If there is another way, show me, because I don't want to go that way. 
But he says, not my will, Lord. Not my will, Father, but your will, Lord. Friends, there's going to be things in your life that you, your flesh is going to want. Be that the power, be it the money, be it the flesh stuff. But there's going to be something inside of your spirit. There's something in your spirit that or the materials, the possessions of the world will never, ever fill. There is a life that God wants to put inside of your life today that can never be filled by the things of the world. There's a little song that says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. See, Jesus wants to put a joy inside of your life, friend. Jesus wants to put a something inside of your life, man, that just radiates out. And it's not going to come from the world, and if it didn't come from the world, then the world's not going to take it away from you. They've got to keep dealing with this I factor so that others may live. I was listening to an a, um, incredible businessman, a local businessman here, and uh, he's just talking about growing your business and entrepreneurship and stuff like that. He made this one statement. He said, all you've got to lose is, is your pride. Yeah. It's like, man, it's such a simple statement, but if you can just, the only thing that you've got to lose. In other words, maybe you've got to get on that cross. And he was talking in a business sense, but in the same, same token, man, it's, just, it's the same thing. The only thing that you have to lose is your pride. You can lose that, man, God can do wonders in your life. Most people live their lives for themselves. We look at what, what, we, look at what we want out of life, what I want out of life. What's in it for me? Even when we look at ministry, what's in it for me? <laughs> what about my rights? My ambition? My great goal in life is to? Or the call of God on my life or my purpose? My ministry. <laughs> An opportunity for me. The amount of times, man, where I've heard that. Looking for opportunities for me. Yeah. Away you go then. Go and find your opportunities. It's about me. Me, 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 me. Come to church and we put up our hands and we sing praises to Jesus. Inside is a motivation. It's all about me. It's that part there, man. It's got to go to the cross, man. It's got to go to the cross. You want to, you can, you can have the me if you want. You can have the, the initial, whatever, whatever you're going to get. You can have that, but there's a life that you can have that. That it's way, way, way beyond that. Bible says in um, in Romans eight, it says, "For those who live according to their flesh, set their minds." They set their minds, they've got their thought life constantly about what's in it for me. They, think, they set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the things of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In other words, what is it that's occupying your thought life during the day? I mean, not right now, because you hear what you're all about Jesus here today. But during the week, the majority of the time, what is it that's occupying our thought life and our heart? be it Christian, whatever the circumstance may be, maybe, but what is it that's occupying your thought life? It's occupying your thought life, it'll be coming out of your mouth. 
me, 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 I, my ministry, my ambition, my goals, my purpose, my ministry, my, my opportunity for me to get bigger. What's set in your mind today? Man, I've got to take a good, hard, honest look at myself too. There's something, man, it just God's really speaking to me about is, why do I do what I do? It's all about me. What is it that's occupying my thought life constantly? Is it the things of, about laying down my life? Or is it all about me? I mean, really. I mean, try and reason away in our minds that, that it's all good stuff, but really. I mean, you know inside that yeah, it's about me. It's that part there we've got to bring to the cross. Jesus said, just finishing up, he says in Luke 9, whoever seeks to save his life shall lose it. Whoever loses his life shall my, for my sake shall find it. The last part of Galatians, Galatians chapter 2, Paul says, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ, but Christ, but Christ, but Christ. But Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live, not the one I used to live, and the one I used to live, man, the Bible, he says, if anyone has confidence in the flesh, if you, want to, if you think you're good on the outside, man, I had it all. I had position, I had power, I had money, I had all these things. I had status, I had all these beautiful things. I had the big business, I had this, I had that. But he says, I count them all as rubbish for the excellency of the knowledge of just knowing Jesus Christ. All the things of the flesh, he said, I consider them dung. He said, I, I, I put them aside so that I may, and this talks, he says this in Philippians 3, that I may win Christ and I be, maybe, that I might be found in him. Where will you be found today? So he starts talking about this life. He said, but the life I now live, I live in Christ Jesus. I live by faith in Christ Jesus. The life I live now in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. That is the life that I now live. I don't live out of I anymore. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ. That whole but Christ, man, that's a whole new message in itself. But Christ who lives in me. Friend, you can choose. You and I, man, we can choose to live our life, man, out of our ministry position out of our business position, out of our cultural position, out of our, out of our money, or just our darn good looks. We can live out of that position. But friends, it will never, ever bring you that joy. It will never, ever bring you that fulfillment. It will never, ever satisfy that part inside of your life. The only way is to day by day, daily, take up the cross and follow him. Not my will, Father, but your will. If there's another way, let's just show me. But even if I have to go that way, not my will, but the life that I now live, I now live in Christ. Friends, God wants to give you a life that, man, you have never, ever dreamed about. Sanctify yourself today for tomorrow. I want to do wonders amongst you. I want to do something powerful inside of your life. Sanctify yourself. That's the, that's the part that we've got to do now. Allowing God to deal with the issues of sin day by day. Lord, today I give my life to you. I really do. I give it all to you. Not just 50%.
I give it all to you. We just have to move those up. Today, I want to challenge you. What is it? Where you're at with all this, man? Are you living your life for yourself? Are you living a life full-heartedly for Christ? Man, I'm going to get the CD for myself and preach it back to myself. It's man, daily. Jude starts to say at the end of it, his final words to you and I, brother of Jesus. He says, build yourself in the faith. By praying in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself in the faith. Why don't you just close your eyes right now? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, we thank you today for dying on the cross. Jesus, we thank you so much. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross for my sin, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the sin on the cross for, for the sins of all of us here. Lord, you've taken up our past, our past sins, and Lord, you took them on the cross with you. Remember them no more. But Lord Jesus, today, we come before you. Lord, we forgive us of a heart that's lusted after the things of, of the world and Lord, forgive us of a heart that totally consumed with me. Lord, I pray today that you would do something inside of every one of our hearts. Father, we hear your word today that to sanctify ourselves, we thank you that you want to do wonders amongst us. Lord, let your presence, Father, come upon us right now in Jesus' name. For some of you here today, maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never, ever invited them into your heart. Friend, he is the only one that can lift the burden of sin off your life. Why don't you open up your heart and receive him today? Maybe you're here this morning and you want to say yes, yes to Jesus. If you've never, ever received Jesus Christ inside of your life, you'd like to do that right now. Why don't you just raise your hand? I'd love to pray for you. Good on you, man. Is there anyone else that wants to receive Jesus Christ? Maybe you're here and you know inside of your heart that your thought life, that you're totally concerned with me. You know that it's part of your flesh, man, that's it's got to die. Why don't you just raise your hand? Every eye, every eye closed, every head bowed. So I know, man, there's me. <laughs> there's a lot of flesh in me that's got to die. <laughs> 